Welcome to the Unreported World podcast, Spring 2014. In Karjak City, reporter Marcel Theroux visits Pretoria in South Africa, where at least 30 vehicles are carjacked every day. They go on patrol with a private security guard, whose job is to recover stolen cars. It's dangerous work in a private security industry that now accounts for 7% of all jobs in South Africa. At least 30 vehicles a day are hijacked in South Africa. Andris Longwane and his partner Aaron Kakai are chasing one of them through the streets of the capital, Pretoria. Keep left on Nelson Mandela Drive. And I'm trying to keep up. Andres works for a security firm that recovers hijacked vehicles, part of a vast crime prevention industry that provides 7% of all jobs. Overall, crime is falling in South Africa, but not violent crime. In the past year, rape, murder and carjacking have all increased. I think I can see them up ahead. I can see their lights flashing up there on the right. They've pulled a vehicle over up here. They've been pursuing this for the last 10 minutes. The car's been dumped. What happened? If we found them here, it was going to be trouble. If you'd found them in the vehicle, there would have been a fight. Yeah, there would have been a fight because they were armed. We were not going to let them drive away with the vehicle. But there's a good chance the carjackers are still watching, waiting to see if anyone has followed the car's satellite tracker. When I see that car, I think of the person who was driving it an hour ago, who set off on Friday evening to have a good time, and someone stuck a gun in their face and said, give me the car or I'll shoot you. We wait for the police to come and check the car. Suddenly, across the street, a woman shouts for help. They're mugging us. Andres and Aaron race to her aid, guns drawn. What are you doing? Back off. Two men have cornered a woman to rob her. Back off. What are you doing? Give back her things. Are you okay? Did they take anything from you? Andres and Aaron have caught them in the act, and the woman is able to flee. With no victim, they have to let the muggers go. Well, they want to rob that woman. I know, I know they want to rob her. I'm glad I'm with you guys and I'm not wandering around here by myself. We don't take nonsense for sure. <laughs> We're five minutes from the South African Parliament, but this driver says he's just had a narrow escape. At the traffic lights, a group of guys are trying to hijack a van. I saw one pull a knife. A gang of carjackers is on the loose less than 100 yards away. And when the police Andres called earlier finally arrive, shots ring out. Someone is firing a gun there. 
Is someone's firing a gun. Looks like they're hijacking someone. The police and the private security guards run in the direction of the gunfire. It's not that guy. It's here. Over there. Aaron rushes to confront the thieves. Sit. That's automatic weapons. But Andres calls him back. Even the police decide to retreat. Urgent, urgent. These people already fired shots at us. Quickly, give me backup. This is a street corner by the zoo in South Africa's capital. It's been a carjacking, shots fired, somebody robbed. It's going crazy out here. They shot at the, at the driver uh, when we chased him. They shot at us. We, we returned fire, so they, they disappeared in the bushes. So they... Is this a bad area for? Yeah, yeah it's, it's a hot spot for for for, for robberies. Okay. So you can you, you can see for yourself. We were standing right next to them, and they and they, and they still tried to hijack the vehicle. The carjackers melt away as reinforcements arrive, and Andres returns to guarding the car he's recovered. What's the word on the driver? He said he's not coming. I don't blame him. It's, it's pretty dangerous here. This recent carjacking was captured on a security camera in nearby Johannesburg. Carjackers box a car in as it pulls up at a red light. In broad daylight, one of the gang members brandishes an assault rifle. The passengers are dragged from the vehicle. No one dares intervene. Last year, there were more than three carjackings a day in Johannesburg alone. Six a.m. Andres is starting a 12-hour shift. The company he works for is called Schloey Customs Security. Every few weeks, he spends a morning at the firing range. Shlomo Schwartz, an Israeli Special Forces veteran, runs the company. Most of the encounters you're going to have is between zero to seven meters. I want you guys to be accurate for that distance. Three shots to the target, center mass. Boom, boom, boom. Anybody that pull a gun on one of my guys in an intent to put them in danger will be dealt the way they're supposed to be dealt. South Africa has one of the highest crime rates in the world. Where most people see a crisis, Shlomo spotted an opportunity. From my experience, and crime is not going to be resolved anytime soon. I don't want to sound cynical, but it's good business for you. It's the same thing that you can say that uh, when there is epidemic of, uh, I don't know, cholera, there is a good business for the doctors. There are some occupations that need to be developed under other people's suffering. One of them is security companies, yeah, exactly like any other ones. 
There are 400,000 private security guards in South Africa, a force larger than the whole of the country's police and armed forces combined. Andries is 36 with a young family. With a quarter of the population out of work, he's willing to risk his life for £1.25 an hour. It's difficult nowadays to, to get a job. That's why you, you see a lot of people doing security. They know security jobs. There's a lot of security jobs. This morning, he's not just worrying about getting shot. He's concerned that criminals might target his family. It makes life difficult for my family because some of the criminals is people we went with to school. Local criminals know what you do. If they can't reach me, they'll reach for my family. Poverty can make you do things you'll never understand. Do you need to get there? The team gets an alarm call from the dispatcher and scrambles into action. As they speed off, we rush to follow. Which way do they go? That way. Quick! You see them up ahead, is that them? Andres and Aaron are sent the hijacked vehicle's coordinates. Turn left on Gordon Road. First thing Monday morning, Andres and Aaron have just come on shift and they've got an alarm call in Soshanguve. Someone's stolen a truck. Soshanguve is a township about 30 kilometers north of Pretoria. They're already ahead of us. I'm trying to catch up with them. Soshanguve is a notoriously violent township not far from where Andres lives. 30 kilometers out of Pretoria, and we're in a different world here. It's only a matter of time before the hijackers will try to remove the vehicle's tracker. So Aaron uses an antenna to help home in on its final position. We rendezvous with the team who've called in the police and approach cautiously. Is the vehicle down there? The hijackers have abandoned the truck in the shanty town and fled on foot. They've taken money and some of the cargo, loaves of bread. You've got to feel sorry for the poor guy who was driving this truck, turned up for work at 6 o'clock this morning and got hijacked by armed men. It's just a working man trying to make a living. George Solani, the driver, was lucky to escape unharmed. Hello, sir. I'm so sorry you've had a terrible day. Can you tell me what happened? The, the owner of the, the shop, he, he opened the shop. Immediately, comes another guy. I don't know where that guy's from. He just grabbed the keys. He point the gun like this, he make it like this, this guy. So he say, all, all, all of you, go inside. All, 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 go inside. Did they hurt the owner of the shop? Was he injured? Yeah, because he was kicking, up, kicking him on the head. He was bleeding, you see. My, my heart, I was just hoping that, that they mustn't kill us, you see. If they can kill me, it's a very big problem to my family, you see. George's wages support five people. He's badly shaken, 
but jobs are scarce, and he says he'll be back at work tomorrow. Poor guy, he had a nasty start to his week. How much money would he be carrying at this time in the morning? I don't think they got more than 500, because the truck's still full of load of bread. Right. So they, this, they did this with, with guns for probably 50 US dollars, 30 pounds. The police are only here because Andres has discovered the vehicle. Can you get me some gloves? Get him some gloves. The government has put tens of thousands of extra police on the ground, but they appear overwhelmed. What are the chances of catching the guys who stole this truck? Most people, they don't give the police information. It's not like the changes, The like changes are very low. How many cases like this are the police working on? Almost every day, yeah, in our vicinity, yeah. Why is there so much crime in this area? Because there are too many people who are not working here. So they're stealing to eat, stealing to live? Yes, they're stealing to live, yes. It looks like there are a lot of hungry people around here who could use a loaf of bread. I was thinking of that when I arrived, yes, maybe I could give them something, but it's not my property, it's clan's property. I have to protect it. <laughs> but seriously, don't you, do you think these people are hungry? Some, yes. The residents tell us there's no electricity, little running water, very few jobs, and no police. The crime is his problem, yeah. Why? Because there's no order. There is no police station. You see these guys, they refuse to come here if we want to help. What kind of crime is a problem here? What kind of crime do you have? A robbery, people are dying, raping, and then other things, it's easy in your There's a perception that there's crime in this area and that the police don't come when they need them. The problem is that they don't know where they fell to Northwest province or Houghton province. That's the problem. No one knows who's responsible for looking yeah, after no these one, people. No one knows. But in law, you can't say, we are not going to help you. But sometimes you don't know whether it's your responsibility or someone else's responsibility. Yeah, but do you think these people have a point? Do you think they are a bit neglected? Where there is crime, we assist. Opinion polls show most South Africans think the police are inefficient and corrupt. The last national police commissioner was sacked. The previous one is in jail. We arranged to meet a gang of carjackers in Soweto, in nearby Johannesburg. They hijack cars in the area's Andres patrols. But you guys, you guys are at the sharp end actually stealing the cars. That's how I hustle. I steal those cars and I sell them. That's how I put bread on the table. But you guys are also willing to use violence to steal cars. It will depend on it will depend on what I'm carrying. If I'm carrying a gun, then I will use a gun. Or if I'm carrying a baseball bat or a knife, I will use whatever I like. If I see that you're a tough guy, I'll hit you with two shots in the stomach. 
Have you done that? Have you shot someone in the stomach? I've done that a few times. If you're resisting, it's necessary. They told me they stole to order and exported the cars to other African countries. Satellite trackers were a problem, but they were getting better at finding them. Well, people will watch this and say, this is wrong, what you're doing is wrong. Yes, it's wrong, but the circumstances we live in are also wrong. It's like survival of the fittest here. In survival of the fittest, if you can't make your own living, no one will provide for you. Andries had told me he was worried that carjackers like this might target his family, but I hadn't realised how seriously he took the threat. He's decided to move them out of harm's way. Andries is moving house today, but he's been working such long hours that he hasn't had time to fix up his car, so I'm giving him a lift. It's a chance to meet his wife, Tabatso. And their two children, three-year-old son, Tato, and baby, Kaketso. Andries has lived here in Hammondscroft since he was young. Oh, I think we've got everything. <laughs> Tabatso can't wait to leave. There are a lot of sorties in this place, a lot of criminals. You can't even walk around carrying money on your hand because you know that someone might beat you and take it from you. You'll never know what they'll do to my family when I'm not around. So you're moving for the sake of your family and children, really? Yeah, this is for the sake of my family. I have to have them close by so I can look after them. For Tabatso, it's a leap into the unknown. Has she seen the new place? No. This is going to be the first time she sees you. going to be the first time. Ready? <laughs> Are you ready? This is a big adventure. It's a big moment. They're moving from the insecurity of the township to a new life on the affluent east side of Pretoria. Can I carry this? OK. That's everything. Yeah, that's everything. But safety for his family comes at a cost. Andres's new home is a garden shed in someone else's backyard. This is my apartment. I have to say, I thought the place was going to be a bit bigger. This is quite small for four people. Yeah, it's quite small, but we will we'll just have to compromise. What does your dream house look like? What can I say? A house with four bedrooms, a dining room, sitting room with a garden, a swimming pool, and a praying place. Just renting this shed costs Andres a third of his £300 a month salary. The average income of a black family is six times less than it is for a white family in South Africa. So there's still some economic inequality in your country. Yeah, a lot of it. There's a lot of it. There's a lot of it. 
Tabatso wears the red beret of the EFF, a party that opposes the ruling African National Congress and advocates the radical redistribution of wealth. Both she and Andres will be voting for them in May's general elections. It's 5 p.m. the next day. Andres is getting ready for the night shift. Do you worry about him at work? Yes, I do worry. I worry a lot. But anything might happen, you know. We don't know, maybe this is the last time we see him or he's going to wake up at some hospital tomorrow morning. It is scary. At the moment, is what we have for income, so it's a risk we have to take. In order to improve his family's life, Andres continues to risk his own. With unemployment so high, security work is his only option. Tonight, it's not a stolen car, but a suspected robbery at a betting shop. This is a shop full of cash deep in downtown Pretoria. There's this chronic anxiety about what you're going to find at the end of a call-out. Thankfully, this evening, it's a false alarm. Andres and Joseph head off to the next call-out. Fear of crime unites all South Africans. Everyone wants their government to reduce crime and deal with its causes. But in the meantime, for Andres and his colleagues, it's business as usual. The Unreported World podcast accompanies the critically acclaimed Channel 4 television series. Explore more by visiting channel4.com slash unreportedworld, where you'll find full programmes on 4OD that can be viewed from anywhere in the world, and Unreported World shorts, which give you the facts and context for each report in just a couple of minutes. Until next time, from me, Krishnagiri Murthy, goodbye.